And a one, two, three, four. Welcome everybody to the Life Point Table Talk podcast. My name is Jason, and we are continuing with our Bible in a year. So good to be with you today. We are coming in at week 38. Last week we finished up the Proverbs. And this week we are getting into Ecclesiastes, uh, the whole thing, and the Song of Solomon, up to verse 8, and then we got 2 Corinthians 9 through 13. Um, So a huge uh, reading in the Old Testament. Uh, So much good stuff. Um, It's quite the sea change from uh, Ecclesiastes to Song of Solomon uh, uh, but both both are uh, pretty incredible and uh, Ecclesiastes is one of my favorite books I think um, my perspective on it has changed a little bit over the years um, but so excited to uh, be able to read through that with you all today and uh flying solo today um but it's gonna be fantastic so so much to go through oh my goodness so let's jump into it we're gonna jump right into ecclesiastes all right we're gonna start ecclesiastes one the words of the teacher son of david king of jerusalem talking about the one and the only Solomon here's the theme of Ecclesiastes we start and end with this Um, futile some other versions say um, vanity futile everything is futile laments the teacher uh, futile is is uh, both figurative and literally. Uh, it the root word I was looking at it. It's it's like um, breath or wind or vapor, uh, meaning it's not concrete. It's all transitory. It's fleeting. It's hard to understand. There's not necessarily clear value. Uh, this phrase comes up a lot uh, in Ecclesiastes, chasing the wind, um, which uh, this, uh, I really like that uh, phrase. Um, everything is futile. That's the theme of the book. We'll see this over and over again. What benefit do people get for all their work? Generations come and go. The sun sets and rises just the same. The wind blows around and around in circles. Streams flow to the sea and back again. It's tiresome. Uh, it's tiresome monotony. No one is seeing anything new. People forget the past and will forget what will happen. The teacher, king of Jerusalem, decided to thoroughly examine all that had been accomplished on earth. God has given people work that keeps them occupied. But everything man accomplishes is futile, like chasing the wind. 
I thought I was more wise than my predecessors. I acquired much wisdom. With great wisdom, though, comes great frustration. That sounds like the Marvel theme, right? Uh, whoever increases his knowledge merely increases his heartache. Chapter 2. Futility. The futility of self-indulgent pleasure. I thought to myself, I will try self-indulgent pleasure to see if it is worthwhile. But it is also futile. Partying is folly. Pleasure accomplishes nothing. I thought about wine and behaving foolishly. I wanted to discover what is profitable for people to do on earth in their short lives. I increased possessions, houses, vineyards, royal gardens, pools, slaves, livestock, silver, gold, treasures. Singers. Even had singers in there. I got whatever I wanted and did not deny myself any pleasure. My reward of all this was joy. Yet when I reflected on everything I accomplished, all my achievements and possessions are profitless. Nothing was really gained. Like chasing the wind. I thought about wisdom as well as foolish behavior. Wisdom is preferable to folly, like uh, light to darkness. The wise man can see what he is doing, the fool is in the dark. But the same fate comes on both of them. We see that theme too. No matter what you do, you're both. Uh, everyone is headed to the same place. You have the same fate coming. Um, what did I really gain from my wisdom? I lamented. Neither fool or wise will be remembered. They both will die the same. That's the fate he's talking about. I loathe life because what happened on earth seems awful to me, like chasing the wind. You can work with wisdom and skill, but you have to hand it over to someone else who did not do the work. It's an awful injustice. Man acquires anxiety from all his labor. There is nothing better for people to do than to eat and drink and find enjoyment in their work. The ability to find enjoyment in your work comes from God. To me, um, well, the theme of, of uh, Ecclesiastes is is certainly everything is futile and um, chasing the wind. This other sort of counter theme uh, shows up a lot as well, and it's kind of a um, one of his conclusions. And it's really interesting because it's um, it's the ability to enjoy things, to really enjoy things, especially your work. Uh, to enjoy eating and drinking, um, and to find enjoyment in your work, to find fulfillment in your work. And I love that um, this ability is, it, you really only get it from God. It's a gift from God that he gives us. Um, and it's not just, it's not just about... Um, uh, having having fun or indulgence because he talks about this kind of folly and uh, where it leads. Um, so he, he, he talks a lot about wisdom and being wise about the way we pursue things. 
but there is an additional blessing from God for those who can enjoy their work, those who can enjoy eating and drinking without it becoming uh, something destructive to their lives. Uh, work is the same way. Work, work can bring great suffering <laughs> and uh, hardship, uh, but to be able to find fulfillment and enjoyment, that's an incredible blessing from God. And um, and I pr- I, pr- I I think that this aspect of Ecclesiastes is what uh, sometimes this book seems just really depressing. Um, but the idea of being able to pray to God for fulfillment and enjoyment in our work and in our lives, being the ability to enjoy our lives, uh, to for God to grant us that gift. Uh, from him is an incredible thing um, to me that's not futile that's that's uh, what he's saying it's it's really all about um, all right chapter three all time all time for all events in life for everything there is an appointed time an appropriate time for every activity on earth a time to be born a time to die a time to plan a time to uproot a time to kill a time to heal a time to break down a time to build up a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance. A time to throw away stones, a time to gather stones. A time to embrace, a time to refrain. A time to search, a time to give something up as lost. A time to keep, a time to throw away. A time to rip, a time to sow. A time to keep silent, a time to, k- to speak. A time to love, a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. But man is ignorant of God's timing. What can a worker gain from his work? God gave this to him to be occupied. (laughs) God has made everything fit beautifully in its appropriate time. But he has also placed ignorance in the human heart so people cannot discover what God has ordained. I think that's that's, uh, pretty heavy there. Time. I do not think we understand time. And I pray for mind renewal on this subject of time. There's a whole lot more there, and I think our perspective of time uh, would change some things. Both urgency and urgency, like you only have so much time to do certain things. Your window of opportunity to get things done in your life. Um, But also endurance, knowing that things in life have a shelf life. They have a time period. You certain maybe struggles or sufferings it's not going to last forever um time it's another um gift from god that we need understanding and there's nothing better for people than to be happy and to enjoy themselves as they live incredible everyone should eat and drink and find enjoyment in all his toil there's that theme again these things are a gift from God. Um, I love, I, I think that is, uh, <laughs> that is an incredible uh, idea. The ability to enjoy eating and drinking and the uh, ability to enjoy your work. Um, that, to me, there is an enlightenment there and um, oftentimes what I see in our culture and uh, well that's what 
what I'm in, American culture at least. And man, there's a lot of striving. There's a lot of striving. And I'm not sure we're we're always enjoying even the eating and drinking and, and things. I'm not sure we're always enjoying them in the right way or in the the a way that's really rich. Um I I I always feel like there's gotta be more. There's gotta be a better way. <laughs> there's gotta be a better way to do something some of these things, you know what I mean? Um Yeah. Whatever God does will endure forever. No one can change it. Men should fear him. Whatever exists has already been. God will do again what he has done in the past. The problem of injustice and oppression. I saw on earth wickedness instead of justice. I thought God will judge both the righteous and the wicked. There's a time for judgment of every deed. That's an incredible thing. Just thinking about nobody's going to get away with anything. We think they do because, we again, we're thinking in time, a certain time frame. Like it seems like somebody got away with something. Um, nobody gets away with anything, really. I also thought, it is for people's sake to see what that we are like animals. Both have the same fate. Both die. Both have breath. Both are fleeting. Both go to the same place. Both come from dust. Who knows if humans ascend upward and animals descend to earth. There it is. That's a big one we I hear a lot. You're going to see your pets in heaven. Who knows? Solomon doesn't know. There is nothing better than for people to enjoy their work because that is their reward. Who knows what the future holds? Chapter 4, Evil Oppression on Earth. I thought about oppression that is continually happening on Earth. The oppress uh, have tears without comfort. No one delivers them. Are those already dead more fortunate? Wow. Better off is the one who has not been born and not seen the evil on earth. I consider the skillful work being done. Is it just competition? It is also profitless. The fool does not work. So he has nothing to eat. That's the other thing. Does a, uh, you want to find enjoyment in your work, but as he just said, you don't work, you're not going to eat. Um, so you end up striving just to eat, to be able to eat, survive. A lot of people doing that. Um, surviving. That's different than enjoying your work. So again, I consider another futile thing, a man alone without companions, no children or siblings, and working all the time, never satisfied with riches. He laments, who am I working for? This is futile. Two people are better than one. They can reap more benefit. If one falls, the other can help them up. An enemy may overpower one, but two could withstand him. A three-stranded cord is not quickly broken. I considered all who walk the earth and their successors. There is no end to all the people in past generations. Chapter 5. Be careful what you do when you go to the temple of God. Listen before you give sacrifices. Do not be rash with your words or hasty in your heart. Let your words be few. If you make a vow to God, be quick to repay it. God takes no pleasure in fools. Do not let your mouth cause you to sin. Why make God angry? 
There is futility in many dreams and also in many words. Fear God. Extortion of the poor and perversion of justice and fairness in government is no surprise. The new boss is same as the old boss. It goes all the way up to the king. The one who loves money will never be satisfied. When prosperity increases, so do those who consume it. The sleep of the laborer is pleasant. The wealth of the rich will not allow him to sleep. Misfortune I have seen on earth. Wealth hoards by its owners to his own misery. Wealth lost through bad luck. He came naked and he will return naked. Here's the truth, y'all. You're taking nothing with you. What is gained from all your toil? What is beneficial and appropriate for people? Here we go again. Eat and drink and find fulfillment or enjoyment in their hard work on earth. That's what's beneficial. And I, I didn't realize how often he, he keeps coming back to that. During the few days of their lives, God has given them this reward. I pray for that for y'all. To every man that God has given wealth, possession, he also has given the ability to eat from them to receive and find enjoyment in his toil. These things are gifts from God. Possessions and wealth are gifts from God? Can't be. Can't be. I'm being facetious. He's preoccupied working and doesn't have to think about how his days are fleeting. That's interesting. And derives joy from his activity. That's where it's at, man. Chapter 6, misfortune I have seen. It weighs heavy on people. God gives man riches, property, and wealth, but does not enable him to enjoy it. Instead, someone else enjoys the fruits of his labor. It's a grave misfortune. Even if a man fathers a hundred children and lives a long time but cannot, cannot enjoy his prosperity, a stillborn is better than he is. Though it never saw the light, it has more rest. What advantage do the wise have over the fools? What advantage does a pauper gain by knowing how to survive? It is better to be content with what the eyes can see than for one's Always to crave more. That's part of that. That's part of that um, refrain that keeps coming up about being able to enjoy food and drink and your work. Um, to be content. Contentment. Oh man, my goodness. That's a gift from God. And to, to always crave more, that's the, that's the uh, deception. That's where the, the no satisfaction comes from, or at least part of it. This continual longing is futile. Whatever has happened was foreordained. It is useless to argue with God. No one knows the future. Chapter 7. A good reputation is better than precious perfume. Better to go to a funeral than to a feast. The day of one's death is better than their birth. We were laughing about that this week. Funeral is better than a birthday party. Death is all of our destinies, and we should take it to heart. Sorrow is better than laughter. It is better to receive a rebuke than wise words. Oppression can turn a wise person into a fool. 
a bribe corrupts. The end of a matter is better than the beginning. Don't be quickly provoked. Don't ask why the old days were better. Content. Be content. Wisdom provides protection. I have seen the righteous sometimes die prematurely in spite of righteousness, and sometimes the wicked live long in spite of evil deeds. That sounds like Job. Some of this sounds like Job, which makes me rethink about uh, how I uh, perceived when and where Job was written, because both Psalms and Proverbs and Ecclesiastes um, sound similar to Job in places. Uh, there is no one, here's a big one, this is a big one, guys. There's no one truly righteous person on earth who continually does good and never sins. That is a, um, that is an integral part of the gospel. Nobody's, nobody's, um, nobody's, uh, hitting the mark. We're all falling short. I'll say it again. There is no one truly righteous person on earth who continually does good and never sins. That means everybody uh, has sinned. Don't pay attention to everything people say. You know in your heart you have said some curses as well. Oh, goodness. I tried to understand things. Wickedness and stupidity and wisdom. More bitter than death is a woman whose heart is a prison. The man who pleases God escapes her. What I sought I have not found. I have found only one upright among thousands, and no upright woman. Oh, God made humankind upright. Oh, this is, this is another one. This is huge, man. God made humankind upright, but they have sought out evil schemes. Again, these are like bedrocks of the gospel. Chapter 8. Who is smart enough to explain everything? Wisdom makes you smile. If you promise to be loyal to the king, then you should be loyal. The king's word is law. Don't argue with him. Obey and stay out of trouble. I have seen the wicked buried with honor and God's people forgotten. When criminals get away with crime, it encourages others to commit crime as well. I say this again because we see this all the time. When criminals get away with crime, it encourages others to commit crime as well. I see that with my own kids. It's annoying because I got to get on them and punish them because I know if I don't, it's going to encourage more of the same. They live a long time committing crimes. Even though it says everyone who lives right and respects God will prosper, but no one who sins and rejects God will prosper or live long. That's pretty incredible referencing in the scriptures itself. Actually, even though it says this, this is what we're seeing. There's some uh, brutal honesty in this. Man, this is part of why I love the, the scriptures. It's like, it, it, uh, it does not pull punches, and there are times when it wrestles within itself. It wrestles its own self. It also makes sense when a good citizen... Wait, sorry. It makes uh, no sense when a good citizen is treated like a criminal, while criminals are honored. So get as much out of life as you can. Enjoy food and drink. 
that we can make it through this troublesome life. I went without sleep day and night thinking about this. Chapter 9. I thought about things. The righteous are in the hands of God. Whether a person will be loved or hated, who knows? Everyone shares the same fate, good, bad, clean, unclean. Those who sacrifice, those who don't, the same fate awaits everyone. The heart of people are full of evil. Whoever is among the living has hope. The dead don't know anything. Their memory disappears. Go eat your food with joy. Drink your wine with a happy heart. Enjoy life with your wife. Whatever you find do with, to do with your hands, do it with all your might, because there is no work in planning in the grave. Whatever you find to do, do it with all of your might. On earth, the swift do not always win the race, the battle not always won by the strongest. Prosperity does not always belong to the wise, wealth not always for the discerning. Time and chance could overtake them all. Wisdom is a great burden to me. A poor wise man could save a city that's being attacked, but no one will listen to a poor man's wisdom. Mm. Wisdom is heard and quiet. Wisdom is better than war. One sinner can destroy much good. Chapter 10. One dead fly can stink up the perfume. A little folly outweighs wisdom. A calm response can undo great offenses. It's true. Fools are often placed in positions of authority. I have seen slaves on horseback and princes walking on foot. One who digs a pit may fall into it. Wise word wins favor. Woe to the land whose king is childish. Blessed is the land whose king has self-control. Feasts are made for laughter, and wine makes life merry. But money is the answer to everything. Don't curse the king, for birds might hear you and repeat it. You never know who's listening. Chapter 11. Invest your grain in merchandise and get a return. If you watch the wind and clouds, you might be scared to sow, but you don't know what God will do. Sow in the morning, work until evening. You don't know what activity will succeed. Light is sweet. It is pleasant for a person to see the sun. If a man lives many years, let him rejoice. Rejoice, young man, while you're young. Follow your heart and impulses. But know God will judge your motives and actions. Banish emotionless, emotional stress from your mind. Youth and prime of life are fleeting. Chapter 12, remember your creator in the days of your youth before the di difficult days come. The year will come when you say, I have no pleasure. Before the sun and the moon grow dark and the windows you look through grow dim, man will go to his eternal home before dust returns to the earth it was. And the, the breath of life returns to God who gave it. Everything is futile. The teacher laments. The words of the sages are like goads. It's like those, um, the prigs, the sharp sticks that help guide an animal. 
I've reached this conclusion. Here's how I end. Fear God and keep his commandments, because this is the whole duty of man. That's an interesting thing. The duty of man, man's duty is to obey God. Fear God and keep his commandments. That's really your assignment. For God will evaluate every deed. Nobody's getting away with anything, including everything done in secret, whether it's good or evil. And that's how we end Ecclesiastes. Um, incredible book. Oh, my goodness. Um, okay, now <laughs> we're going to take a switch here, see if I can get through this embarrassing having to read this out loud to y'all. Song of Solomon. Song of Solomon 1 through 8. Solomon, most excellent love song. We got some love jams. Some serious love jams. I wish you would kiss me passionately. Your lovemaking is better than wine. Your name is like perfume. Draw me to you. Let us hurry. I am dark but lovely. Dark like the tent curtain of Salma. Don't stare because I am dark. The sun has burned my skin. Tell me who your heart loves. You are like a mare among Pharaoh's stallions. Your neck is a string of jewels. My beloved, you are like a fragrance. How beautiful you are. Your eyes are like doves. How delightful you are. Chapter 2. The lily among the thorns and the apple tree in the forest. Beloved to her lover. I am a meadow flower of Sharon, a lily from the valley. The lover to his beloved. Like a lily among thorns. Beloved to her lover. Like an apple tree among the forest is my beloved among men. I delight to sit in his shade. His fruit is sweet. He brought me to the banquet hall. He gave me raisins and apples. I am faint with love. His hand under my head, and the other embraces me. I admonish you maidens of Jerusalem, do not awake love until it pleases. That comes up over and over. My lover approaches, leaping over the mountains like a gazelle, grazing or gazing through the window. My lover says, Arise, come away with me. Winter is past, blossoms appear. You can hear the birds. The fig tree is ripe. Come away with me. Let me see your face. Let me hear your voice. Your voice is sweet. Your face is lovely. My lover is mine, and I am his. Chapter 3. The Beloved About Her Lover. I longed for my lover all night, but he never appeared. I will look for him. Have you seen my beloved? When I found him, I held him tightly. I brought him to my mother's house. <laughs> I admonish you maidens of Jerusalem, do not awaken love until it pleases. I believe that has to do with making vows or breaking a vow. Who is coming up through the wilderness like a column of smoke? It is Solomon's portable couch, surrounded by warriors. Solomon has made a chair for himself, come out, maidens of Zion, and gaze upon King Solomon. He is wearing his crown from his wedding day. Chapter 4. You are beautiful, darling. Your eyes behind the veil are like doves. 
Your hair is like a goat coming down the Mount Gilead. Your teeth like sheared sheep. None are missing. That's good. Your neck is like the Tower of David, built with stones. Your breasts are like fawns, two gazelles grazing among the lilies. There's no blemish in you. Come with me to Lebanon, my bride. You've stolen my heart with one glance of your eyes. The lover to his beloved. You are a locked garden, my sister, my bride. You are enclosed, spring, a sealed fountain. Your sheets are a royal garden. You are a garden spring, a wall of fresh water flowing down from Lebanon. Wind blows on my gardens. My be beloved come into his garden and eat the delightful fruit. Chapter 5. I have entered my garden, my bride. I have eaten my honey. I have drunk my wine. Eat, friends, and drink. Drink freely, lovers. I was dreaming that my lover was at the door. Open for me, love. My feelings are stirred. I opened the door, but he has turned away. I called, but no one answered. Maidens of Jerusalem, tell my beloved I am lovesick. My beloved is dazzling and ruddy. His hair is black like a raven's, his abdomen like ivory. My beloved, this is my companion. Chapter 6. Where has your beloved gone? Tell us so we can find him. He has gone to his garden to graze and gather lilies. You are beautiful as Jerusalem. Turn your eyes away from me. They overwhelm me. Your hair is like a flock of goats. My dove, my perfect one. Unique among the queens and concubines. Beautiful as the moon, bright as the sun. I went down to the valley to look for the blossoms. I was beside myself with joy. O daughter of my princely people, turn that I may gaze upon you. Chapter 7. How beautiful are your feet. He likes her feet. Your thighs curve like jewels. The work of a master craftsman. I like that. Your breasts are like fawns, twin gazelles. Your eyes are like the Tower of Heshbon. Your nose, your nose is like the Tower of Lebanon. Your head, is, your head is crowned like Mount Carmel. Your stature like a palm tree. I want to climb the palm tree. It's like Steve Miller. May your youth be like the best wine. Your mouth, sorry. Come, my beloved, let us go to the countryside. Let us rise early in the vineyards to see the pomegranates bloom. Chapter 8. If you were my brother, I would kiss you. I would give you wine. I would take you to my mother's house. Young women of Jerusalem, promise me never to awaken love before it is ready. Who is this woman coming in from the desert? The passion of love burst into flame. Love cannot be drowned. She speaks. I am a wall around a city. Just looking at me gives him pleasure. Solomon has a vineyard he rents. My vineyard is mine alone. Solomon can keep his silver. He speaks. You are in the garden with friends. Let me hear your voice. Hurry. Run faster than a deer. All right, friends. That is our OT reading for this week. Uh, Ecclesiastes, some heaviness, and then some uh, loveliness. Heaviness and loveliness. 
maybe maybe a good counterpoint. Okay, Second Corinthians nine through thirteen, and then I believe the r official reading was Galatians, but we're gonna just finish Second Corinthians today. Chapter nine. Paul's still talking about money. He's trying to get this gift to Jerusalem um, from the Corinthians. I do not need to write about money you plan to give to God's people. This is, the way he writes here is hilarious to me. He's he's doing the kind of a passive-aggressive thing. You're eager to give it. This is why I'm sending Titus. Some from Macedonia are coming too, so they can see the money you're going to give. I would be embarrassed if you don't give the money. Remember, a few seeds make a harvest, but a lot of seeds make a big harvest. <laughs> don't forget. Don't feel forced. Don't feel forced to make up your mind. You will be blessed if you keep on giving. Your gift is more than a service. It will bring honor and praise to God. They are praying for you. Thank you for this gift. Chapter 10. Do you think I'm a coward with you but brave from far away. Christ was humble and gentle. I'll have to be forceful with those who say we are like people of this world. We live in this world, but we don't act like people in this world. It's so strange um, sometimes to see and read certain verses that I've heard my whole life, and then you see the context they're in. And... Um, I don't know, it's it's kind of strange. He's just talking about the way he's writing, the way people are talking about him, and then he gets into this profound um, uh, topic about spiritual warfare right in the middle of it. Um, we live in this world, but we don't act like people in this world. We don't fight our battles with weapons of this world. We are made powerful by God for tearing down strongholds. We tear down arguments. Uh, I like the KJV on that. It says imaginations because I think that's really, really interesting. Imaginations. Every arrogant obstacle that raises up against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to make it obey Christ, ready to punish every act of disobedience. Friends, that is like, as far as I can tell, that's the battlefield. That's a huge part of the battlefield right there. The imaginations, the mind, um, these things that get planted in our heads, the thoughts, the ideas, uh, that is the major battle right there to be able to... Um, prevent or tear down these str um, uh, strongholds in the mind. <laughs> the battle is in the mind. And you can have strongholds in your mind. Um, that's uh, It's just funny to me how that comes up. This profound, um, like intrinsic part of our faith right in the middle of him kind of talking about something else. 
If anyone is confident he belongs to Christ, he should remember this again. We belong to Christ. I am not ashamed of the authority God gave me. It's for building you up, not tearing you down. I will do what I say in my letters. They are foolish who compare themselves with themselves. We only brag about the work of God. We did bring you the message of Christ. Our hope has always been that your faith becomes strong. If we want to brag, then we'll brag about the Lord. Some say boast. Brag. I don't know. That's kind of a weird saying. Boast is, too. All that counts is for the Lord. Chapter 11. Please put up with my foolishness. Again, he uses this kind of passive-aggressive tactic. I am concerned for you. I fear you will be tricked like Eve by the snake. You let some people tell you about another Jesus. Hmm. You are ready to receive another spirit. <laughs> this translation is funny. I'm as good as any of those super apostles. Was it among? Was it wrong for me to preach free of charge to you? I took money from other churches so I could serve you. I have not been a burden to you, even when I was in need. God knows how much I love you. There are false apostles and dishonest workers. They pretend. Here again. This is so huge to remember. Satan himself tries to look like an angel of light. Satan himself tries to look like an angel of light. So connecting that to the other, the battles in the mind, the strongholds. Uh, the the ideas, the imaginations are going to seem uh, right. They're going to be dressed up in light, and they're usually going to use uh, words and themes that sound right and good. And the more right and good, probably um, the more chance it is used as camouflage for something else. Why does it seem strange for Satan's servants to pretend to do what is right? Someday they will get what they deserve. I brag as a fool. You let people make slaves of you and cheat you. You let them slap you in the face. If they can brag, so can I. Are they Christ's servants? I am a fool to talk like this. I have worked harder and been in jail and whipped and almost died. I have gone hungry and thirsty, been cold and worried about the churches. When others are weak, I am weak. When others sin, I get angry. I brag how weak I am. God knows I'm not lying. The governor of Damascus tried to capture me, but I escaped through a window and was let down by a basket in the city wall. Chapter 12. I have to brag. You can't help it. About the vision. And it's funny, he says it as if it's somebody else, but he's really talking about himself. Again, this weird kind of way of talking. Um, a vision of things the Lord showed me. I was taken into the third heaven. I don't know if I was still in the body or not. I was taken into paradise. I heard things too wonderful to tell. One of Satan's angels was sent to make me suffer terribly so that I would not feel too proud. I asked the Lord three times to make it go away, but he replied, my gift of undeserved grace is all you need. My power is strongest when you are weak. If Christ gives me power, I'm okay being weak. I'm glad to be weakened, insulted, and mistreated and having suffering 
Because when I am weak, I am strong. I'm making a fool of myself talking about myself. But I am as good as those other super apostles. I was patient with you. I worked miracles and signs and wonders. You don't have to support me. I'm planning another visit, but I won't be a burden. I will give you all I have. Will you love me less for loving you too much? Were you cheated by me? All we have done is for your good. I'm afraid we won't be pleased with each other when I come. I fear you're angry or jealous. You may be proud, acting like a mob. I'm afraid God will make me ashamed. I want to cry because many of you won't give up your old sin. You're still doing what is shameful and immoral. So he he uses this tactic of like uh, being weak, talking about his weakness, talking about how he shouldn't brag, his suffering, and then he'll turn around and correct him pretty harsh, harshly. Chapter 13, I am now on my way to visit you a third time. Any charge must be proven two or three by two or three witnesses. In my second visit, I told you I would punish whoever doesn't stop sinning. When Christ corrects, he won't be weak, he will be powerful. He was weak on the cross, but he now lives in power. Test yourselves and found out, find out if you are real, if you are true to the faith. Sorry, let me say that again. Test yourself and find out if you are really, if you really are true to the faith. If you pass the test, you discover that Christ is living in you. If Christ is living in you, isn't living in you, you have failed. We pray you stop doing evil things. All we can do is follow the truth. We are weak, but but glad you are strong. I ride ahead before I get there so I don't have to be hard and use my authority. I was given authority to help you, not destroy you. Goodbye, my friends. Do better and pay attention. Try to live peaceably with each other. I pray that God, the God who gives love and peace will be with you. Uh, God's people send greetings. I pray Jesus will bless you and be kind to you. Uh, may he show his love. May the Holy Spirit join your hearts together. And that is the end, my friends. Um, so, uh, like I said, that's uh, some of my favorite, or, yeah, my favorite, and also scriptures that I think are integral. I mean, I mean... When, it, when he gets into fighting uh, imaginations, breaking down strongholds, that's the battle. That's the way we fight. Um, in the in the the devil coming as an angel of light. Those are some of the most enlightening scriptures. There are uh, clearly stated stated about the life of the Christian the battle that we're going to have to fight. And um, it's right there in the middle of him asking for money and and using the the tool of, of, of weakness and bragging and, and this kind of passive-aggressive mode that he uses there, but right in the midst are, are 
just incredible nuggets, <laughs> incredible nuggets of wisdom. And that is it, friends. Uh, that's the reading for this week. It seemed extra long, the Old Testament. I felt like um, it seemed crazy long, and then the New Testament was kind of short. Um, interesting how this reading is coming together. Um, I felt uh, really um, different it, reading through Ecclesiastes this time. It wasn't nearly... I mean, it's heavy. It's always heavy. But uh, that theme of enjoying your life, enjoying eating and drinking, and in finding enjoyment from your work is a gift from God. Uh, that's something I pray for myself, and I pray for all of you, friends, that you will enjoy your life and your work and find fulfillment in it. Amen. Okay, uh, so that was week 38. We'll be back next week for week 39. Thanks for tuning in. We will come back next week. And um, we've got more Song of Solomon. We'll be in Galatians. It's going to be fantastic. So tune in. We'll see you next week. Have a great week, everybody. Peace. <laughs>